This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we uncover the truth behind the Tuguros, or at least one of them. everyone, and welcome to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And we are continuing our coverage of Yu Yu Hakusho with episodes 45 through 53 this week. Yes, that's right. It's the semifinals of the Dark Tournament. We're almost to the big match between Team Taguro and Team Urameshi. But first, we have to get through... Team Yuriatogi, uh, which is a team made up of a bunch of characters who are sort of twisted versions of Japanese folklore. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, Yuriatogi literally translates to reverse bedtime stories. Uh, and they're all demons who are trying to kind of use these folkloric idols, I guess, or characters to give themselves some kind of legacy that they don't have themselves. Yeah. Uh, except one guy. So, <laughs> uh, Team Yuriotogi is using dice to determine who fights who, as we mentioned last week. And notable members of the team are Kuro Momotaro, who is pretty clearly sort of a reversed version of the Momotaro myth uh-huh. uh, in some weird ways. He has basically Borg immunity to damage. Like, that's pretty much what it is. He takes damage from something, and then he's like, oh, now it can't hurt me ever again. Right. He he shows off by grabbing Hie's sword and cutting himself with it, and like, oh, yeah, I'm this yeah, badass. Yeah, and then not- it turns out, of course, <laughs> that's his trick. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, cutting himself sells it a bit short, because he basically cuts yeah. his entire arm off with Hie's <laughs> yeah. sword, and is like just shouted about how awesome it is that it's so damn painful uh and then you know he demonstrates <laughs> like oh and i have these little um what are they called the, the they call steaming... steaming spheres which i don't know they look like little dumplings yeah right and so he he opens one of these steaming spheres and uh that turns him into a beast form and then he has like several different forms anyway he pretty much annihilates him there is Yura Yurashima, who is based on the folktale of Yurashima Taro, who is like a fisherman kid. Um, he initially tries to play on Kurama's good intentions by saying that he's actually a prisoner of the team and he doesn't want to fight. Uh, oh, which yeah. I think is kind of nice considering that he's using a tactic that references a previous fight from the tournament. I think that's kind of a nice touch. That's true. Um, yeah. In the Team Ichigaki fight. Uh, but of course, he's just a lion little shit. Uh, yeah. And he traps uh, Kurama inside a force field and then opens up his Aiden box, which is his special weapon, uh, which contains a smoke that de ages people. And that's going to get right into my zenith. Uh, episode 47 Legendary Bandit Yoko Kurama. So the Aiden the box de ages people. And the fun thing about this episode is that <laughs> it de-ages Kurama past the point where he was a human and just turns him back into his full demon form. Yeah, his, like, legendary <laughs> god thief form. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so so basically, Yura Yurashiba is like, oh, 
I just really screwed up. Like <laughs> now I'm totally doomed. And it's amazing how much that backfires. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a great detail, and really that's why I love this episode. I love that. Yeah, it, it's a character's plan that actually makes a lot of sense from a certain perspective. Like, yeah, I'll magically make you a baby, and then yeah, I'll just fatality. kick your ass. Like, <laughs> he's the original babality. Yeah, pretty up, much. The only one it really works on is the announcer who just turns into a little baby. And yeah, it's just the, the, the uh, referee, not the announcer. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Kodo is the announcer. She's out of the ring now for whatever reason. There's a referee who sounds exactly the same, as I pointed out last time, and there does not seem to be a reason for that. They just sound very similar, so uh, that's confusing. But anyway... Um, I still think for some reason that Koto is dubbing her. <laughs> this is my weird conspiracy <laughs> theory. My girlfriend came up and saw it and was like, is she dubbing her? And I was like, yeah, Fuck right. Yeah. <laughs> they sound the same. Someone they else sound gets identical. It. It's ridiculous. So basically in this episode, Kurama turns into Yoko Kurama, this ultra Fox demon guy. And, uh, he is very excited at the prospect of Kurama being a demon again because he's the one who found the human form of Kurama initially. And obviously he is kind of a monster. So he's like, oh, yeah, we're really going to like have some fun now because yeah, yeah. you're my demon bro is back to party. <laughs> um, and so uh, Yura Yurashima is super intimidated by this fox demon, obviously, because he's just vastly out powered basically and tries to tell yoko kurama the gimmick of his team but he's killed by a katana thrown from his side of the arena uh by presumably anji who is the leader mm. of the team he's an old no man. it was by shishiwakamaru oh okay. yeah shishiwakamaru is like shown having thrown it okay fair enough for the most part, I like this episode because I think it's interesting that the his plan backfires. I think it's a nice reference to the original legend or folktale, I guess, um, which, to be honest, I'm not super familiar with, of course. But basically, the premise of the folktale is that a fisherman, uh, Arashimi Taro, finds a turtle and rescues it from a bunch of children. He's rewarded by meeting a princess. He spends a few days with the princess. She gives him a box uh, when he goes back to his home and when he returns home, he finds out that even though it's only been a few days for him, uh, for everybody else, it's been a hundred years. And then when he opens the box, he ages a hundred years himself. So Ooh. the item so box a real, is a, a real reversal. flight of the navigator scenario. I suppose I'm not familiar <laughs> with that movie enough to be able to confirm, but sure. Why not? <laughs> This the the seed of my like childhood fear where you just wander in the woods and then you come back and the people living in your house aren't your parents because several <laughs> years have passed and you're presumed right missing. right <laughs> yeah that does sound terrifying but yeah classic classic disney terror yeah right but, but then you go on a fun adventure with the beach boys and some alien so all right you know you know it sounds okay honestly <laughs> yeah uh, i don't think i'm ever gonna watch that movie but yeah yeah I'll, for I'll force it on you at some point okay great well it'll be a mini so somewhere yeah, down the line i'm sure um <laughs> We'll just watch the movies that traumatized us as children. I need to I need to find mine. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, next Halloween, baby. Um, so I, I like the reference to the original story. I like the inversion of this box makes you super young instead of super yeah. old. Um, I like the backfiring of his plan. 
And also there's just some funny details like he being very excited about his demon bro being back is pretty funny, honestly. Yeah. And um, Koto being like super into Yoko Kurama. <laughs> yeah, right. Because she's a fox girl. So it yeah. makes total sense that she'd He's be like, really into him. <laughs> ripped sexy fox dude. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Yoko Kurama still uses the demon seed as his weapon, but it's like much creepier and scarier. It's like a big tree with kind of spooky faces that are like big mouths with teeth and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of nice details in this episode. I'll admit that it's a little disappointing that Kurama doesn't just become this demon full time. He does change back to regular Kurama by the end. But like, that's a pretty minor nitpick, honestly. Like, yeah, I like Kurama enough that I'm not disappointed that he's not gone from the show, basically. So the other members of the team are, uh, and this is Team Yuri Togi, by the way, uh, Shishi Wakamaru, who is basically in the fight for the fame that comes with winning the Dark Tournament. He just kind of wants to be a really famous demon. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of like the blue-haired Bishonen, like, who has like all these demon fangirls, which is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of demon gloats. fangirls who are just normal girls, but with like you know like various horns, yeah. animal ears yeah yeah right. yeah Bat wings <laughs> they're not for very demony frankly <laughs> um but his whole gimmick is that he has a cloak that can basically teleport someone to another dimension by you know wrapping them up in it and he uses that on kuwabara uh and then also he has a sword called the banshee shriek that he can sort of pull apart and it has these like sort of guts in it with a creepy face oh, yeah and then a bunch of demon souls come out and start murdering the audience. Honestly, that's what ends up happening. Yeah, uh, it almost kills like the entire audience twice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's he does really use it crazy. Twice. <laughs> the amount of audience fatalities in that fight alone is just staggering. Yeah, um, it also is merciful that everyone in the show complains about the awful sound that the Banshee Shriek makes, but we, the audience, don't actually have to hear it, which is very yeah, nice. Yeah, that was nice that they they played like a kind of just slightly irritating sound but like they could have especially knowing this show's uh interesting sound mixing choices <laughs> yes <laughs> could have really fucking screeched it out at us yeah that that could have been pretty bad so uh shishimakomaru fights genkai who will get into what's going on with genkai in a little bit um but you know she kicks his ass basically what a yeah, surprise yeah. she's genkai she's awesome so the final fighter is Anji, who is the creator of all of the weapons being used by Team Yuriotogi. So the Iden box, etc. The Banshee yeah. Shriek. Um, and so this leads right into my Nadir. Yeah, um, right. Which is episode five, Suzuka's trial. Who the fuck is Suzuka? I don't know. But Onji shows up. Onji's just been this like old guy in the background of their team this whole time, and you can tell he's like got some something up his sleeve. Right. He also sounds pretty much exactly like Master Roshi, but fortunately does not act like him. <laughs> yeah, sure. He faces off against Genkai. Genkai immediately is like, "Take off your mask, idiot! Like you're <laughs> you're clearly you're not gonna fool me with your stupid shape shifting." And he like shape shifts into this, or he takes off his mask and reveals that actually he's this like ridiculous haired blonde man basically guile again but with sort like of yeah a clown look and he's got like a mask on and makeup and stuff so it turns out that he's actually suzuka and uh he informs everyone that he must be referred to as beautiful suzuka or else he like kills people i think some like audience member yells at him and yeah calls him yeah suzuka, he kills him just murders him for no reason 
you know, classic demon tactics. Yeah, um, right. Suzuka uh, then just gets his ass completely destroyed by Genkai, yep. who just mercilessly pounds him to death. Totally annihilated. And it's yeah. worth mentioning, Suzuka is not uh, based on a Japanese fable. He The idea is that Suzuka wants to make his own story, and he plans on becoming essentially a god to all of everything. Um, which <laughs> is pretty, pretty uh, comic. Cool. Yeah, you know, it's it, you know, you start small, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, so part of the thing with this episode, um, that I did not like is that I found it kind of disappointing. For one thing, I really liked the concept of this team, and you learn that Onji, aka Suzuka, gathered these like magical artifacts that are extremely powerful and just gave them to random demons for them to like work on his team. Mm -hmm. But like really the power of that team was the artifacts, the Banshee blade, the steaming spheres, the Iden box. Yeah. Um, Etc. And so I thought that was really cool, especially cause like I love magical items and like D and D and stuff. There's always like, Oh, you can do all these cool, crazy things with these weird magic items that have weird quirks. It's just a fun thing to, like, look into, you know, fun little details and stuff, intricacies. Right. And it's interesting, too, because there hasn't really been, like, a weapons master character in this show. Yeah. And, I mean, there have been a lot of characters with different abilities, but this one feels unique to me, like, in a way that a lot of the others kind of don't. I mean, everyone has unique abilities, but this is very, um, it's a very different style of fighting than everybody else. So it promised a fun fight. And instead, like, completely ditch any of the magic item shit. It's like, I thought this guy was going to be, like, full, uh, have, like, a bag of tricks, crazy magic items he just throws out all over the place. Nah, nope. He completely changes his identity on the drop of a hat, and I guess he's actually this annoying clown man. And the <laughs> Suzuka is also, you know, he's, like, very flamboyant, very, like, vain and into his own beauty and stuff, how he's the most beautiful thing in the world. And... You know, the show kind of treats it like, like, Genkai calls him a fruitcake at one point, which was maybe right. feel uncomfortable. It, it's like starting to veer, like, he's no, he doesn't appear or seem like a gay stereotype necessarily, but like, it, you can tell it's, it was like a little slight veer into homophobia. And I was that it, it wasn't horrible, but it was like, it put me on edge for the rest of the episode. Yeah, like, right, right. Are they totally. going to like go into it? Cause I've seen, we've seen Yu Yu Hakusho veer into that territory and it's mm-hmm. ugly and it's like very, oh, this show rules except for this shit because it's 90s. And like, you know, you don't want it to go back into that territory again of just being like homophobic or transphobic or shitty. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and when you have a character like this, to some extent, th- there is a moment of being like, Oh God, what's going to happen? Like what's going to be the thing that makes me super uncomfortable about all of this? Yeah. And it's, unfortunately it stops and ends there, but it still kind of sucks that it was like went in that little way again. Yeah. And it it casts the whole rest of everything that happens in a bad light too, because like Genkai just annihilates him without even getting hurt. And it's just like, you know, just this total beat down. And like with this sort of vague implication, it feels like watching a heroic character beat up on a gay guy a little bit. Yeah. And I don't think bit. that's what it's supposed to be, but it yeah. feels that way. And well, that and I, sucks. I, I have to wonder, I mean, the dub I'm sure is different. I don't think they call them a fruitcake in Japanese, but still, yeah, it's, well, it's it just might an be uncomfortable, an equivalent tinge. insult in fairness. That's true. But, uh, 
in any case, he gets the shit beat out of him. Uh, the other thing that happens this episode is that I did kind of like is that um, some of our former contestants that Yusuke and his team had spared come back. And it's, you know, Jin and Toya from the um, ninja team. Jin, the, like, Irish, <laughs> pleasant yeah, yeah, Irish really flying the, ninja the guy. The flying guy and the ice guy come back. And the Dragon Ball Z ice guy. And then Renku, the yo-yo kid, and Chu, the drunk Australian guy. They come back. But unfortunately, they come back in yet another damsel in distress. <laughs> One of the female characters is in trouble scenes. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. we need eight of those in this entire block. Like Yeah, those just keep... They just keep popping up, and it's pretty yeah. unpleasant, honestly. Like, oh, demons start surrounding her. Oh no, what's gonna happen? And then they beat her. They, then someone comes up and you know beats up the demons. Yeah, fortunately, like, they're men to come save Keiko. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's that kind of thing. It's just kind of like a meh episode too. It's just you know the fight well, is disappointing, yeah. and there's some ugliness to it as well. So you know. Yeah. Right. Also, I'll point out that um, in this fight. Kuwabara gets teleported away from the arena again. He's actually the one chosen to fight. But oh yeah, again, and this is the second time this happens in this arc, he is teleported out of the current arena into the old arena and then has to walk back. And like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I was kind of like skeptical of your thoughts uh, last time about Kuwabara evolving into a pure joke character. And... I get it now. Like, Kuwabara is starting to feel a little too Yamcha for my tastes. Mm. And that's not cool. Because I really like Kuwabara. Like, I think he's yeah. a really fun character. But he's he's just pretty useless through all of this arc. Fortunately, it looks like that's going to change. But... Yeah. If, I, I want to see more... So far. I want to see more genuine Kuwabara and a little less Goofy. I like Goofy. There's a little goofiness to his character. Obviously, he's ridiculous. Well, it's a crazy yeah, he's voice. a ridiculous character. But like, yeah, when but, his goofiness is like in his sweetness of like, oh, he's this like tough fighter guy, but he really loves kittens or like yeah. his goofiness around Yukina because he doesn't understand how to romantically interact with a woman. And he's just like mm -hmm. awkwardly like way too flirtatious in a way that's funny and not creepy like yeah that yeah, stuff yeah. works but when he's just a joke who can't fight that kind of sucks yeah like I, I like seeing him actually like exceed in fights i think that's fun uh mm -hmm. and, and instead of just making his character be like a complete shithead yeah right i i totally agree so that wraps up uh that little round team yuri togi's fucking gone um Meanwhile, yeah, Yusuke meanwhile. has been in. Yusuke never took place, never took part in any of these fights because he's been locked in a shitty cave, uh, undergoing intense spirit training from Genkai. Yeah, you could she, call it training. You could call it a yeah. test. I'm not really sure which. Uh, you may remember it's like a spirit torture test. <laughs> yeah, right. You may remember that Genkai uh, basically gave Yusuke her spirit energy and this spirit orb, and it's like. This will either make you ultra powerful or you'll die. So yeah, good luck, kid. Um, because and he I takes have to it pass and immediately it just starts screaming in agony and writhing around for I think five episodes. Yeah, it takes quite a while. Like he is very consistently just. It'll just cut back to Yusuke screaming in a cave, and yeah. eventually, 
And like, you know, the the stuff that you expect to happen happens. Genkai's like, no, it's too soon. I'll take it. And he's like, no, you can't. I can do this. And then like he has to save Pooh, which is the name of the weird Furby-esque uh, mascot character um, because Pooh is about to be crushed by some boulders. So oh, Yusuke like gets up to save it. And that's kind and of the end. Like that's the point where he really fully like realizes his true potential. Um so yeah, I don't know. Like Yusuke is fine now. Yeah, and Pooh is like his spirit beast. If you don't recall, it's like basically a creature that is representative of his spirit and is also connected to his spirit. So if it dies or take damage, then Yusuke will take damage and vice yeah. versa. Yeah, more vice versa. Generally speaking, I actually thought it was kind of charming him saving saving Pooh in the end. But but yeah, I get the the. The cave shit wears on you. <laughs> right. I like him saving Pooh, even though it's a little cheesy. But yes, I will talk about this more later. But anyway, mm -hmm. this means that Genkai is significantly less powerful when she's going into the aforementioned fights. Um, yeah. Yusuke, meanwhile, is just kind of sleeping. And like Keiko is cradling his head. And multiple people come over and are like, you know what to do. You two together, a boy and <laughs> yeah. a girl. And then walk <laughs> what away. What the implication is there? <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I think the, it is a little funny that after like the second or third time someone says that, I think it's after the demons rescue uh, Keiko from other demons and they say that basically and walk off. She's just like, why is that all anyone can think about? Like, <laughs> yeah, why is this the funny. only thing people think we're going to do? Like, he's fucking yeah. unconscious. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So anyway, that's Yusuke's story. Also, we have Team Taguro fighting Team Gorenja, and what a shocker, they annihilate them. And this time, um, they utterly slaughter them without Toguro. Yeah, interestingly, young Toguro, which is the big, muscly Toguro, uh, he's the younger brother, actually. Oh, yeah. He is not there because of something we'll get into in a moment. So instead, it's just the rest of the team. So I guess it's time to introduce who the rest of the team is. There is, of course, the older Toguro, who is the guy who can shapeshift. Um, and then there is a big guy named Bowie, who doesn't really talk that much, but kind of looks like yeah. Talpa from Ronin Warriors yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's just like super like Japanese samurai armor, but like really huge, like mega armor. And he just has this gigantic hammer and he swings yeah, it it's way faster axe. than anyone realizes. Yeah, he has a huge axe that he summons that literally is so big that, like, when he grabs it, his feet <laughs> yeah. get pushed into the arena yeah, because yeah, it's just that fucking concrete. heavy. Yeah, classic awesome. shonen bullshit, honestly. And then in some more classic shonen bullshit, the other character is Karasu, who I think we've mentioned before. He's a guy with very long hair. He's super fast. And basically, he touches people and then they explode. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. yeah. And he's, so it's shonen as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He's super long hair and he's got a mask on and the mask has like little pinched nez glasses on it that look really yeah, stupid. Yeah. The, his design is awesome, except for the weird glasses or whatever they're yeah. supposed to be. I'm not a fan of those. But um, there, it's also revealed that uh, Karasu and Bowie were former competitors in the dark tournament that team Toguro kind of absorbed like they're survivors from teams that Toguro slaughtered and to yeah. hate Toguro with a burning passion but like they're super strong but not strong enough to kill Toguro of course because he's insanely strong so yeah and that's that's kind of how they just like draft people from other forcibly draft people from teams they've defeated who like yeah, have right. caught Toguro's eye 
Right. So Genkai leaves Yusuke to rest in bed, tells Kuwabara, if he wakes up, tell him not to follow me, and goes off to face off against Toguro because they have an old connection. And that yeah. leads into your favorite episode of the book. Oh, yeah. My Zenith, episode 52, The Death of Genkai. <laughs> Classic, like, DVZ, the title of the episode completely spoils it. Yeah, but, three uh, guesses as to what happens, basically. Yeah, right. And this one, Genkai and Toguro face off, and, you know, Genkai kind of reminisces about our old relationship with Toguro, and we get this big backstory reveal where it's like, oh, Toguro and Genkai used to be human martial artists back in the day who went around together and just kicked ass in the demon world, or actually rather kicked ass in the human world and just fighting and destroying demons. And then, you know, Toguro eventually kind of got obsessed with gaining more and more power. And when given the option, when they won a dark tournament in the past together and... Yeah, 50 years ago, specifically. Yeah, right. And so Toguro is like, oh, give me the ultimate power. Make me a demon of, like, excellent caliber that can will be feared forever or whatever. And, you know, Genkai's just like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to sit in my... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't bother me. I want to sit in my cool monastery for 50 years. Yeah, I do. I do love that her wish is just like... Just don't contact me again, please. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like doing this. And so Toguro hasn't really aged because he's now immortal, or, mm -hmm. you know, like functionally immortal, or, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, is super, super long-lived at the very least. Yeah, and Genkai has aged naturally instead. And so now Toguro's just, like, constantly, like, ugh. Like, he sees, like, wasted potential in the elderly Genkai and, like, sees her as, like, ugly because, you know, she she decided that peaking at her age of, you know, 25 or whatever mm -hmm. was uh, was good enough. And he's like, no, there is no peak. I must continue to get stronger. And right, for him, right. getting stronger is getting disgustingly more and more sinewy <laughs> muscle covering the entirety of his body, including, yeah, I think, like, his sunglasses. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, imagine if someone wore football pads and then had muscle grow over oh. the football pads. That's basically what he looks like. Yeah, when he goes to 80% power, he gets, which, of course, he announces, <laughs> he gets <laughs> fucking shoulder pads just it's disgusting yeah, shoulder pads of muscle it makes no anatomical sense oh, no. whatsoever and it looks ridiculous but like it's kind of awesome i guess yeah. i don't know this episode like they so you know they fight and he ends up destroying her and killing her and yusuke wakes up from bed realizing that he has ascended like i think he senses toguro's ascended power when he goes like yeah 80%. everybody does pretty yeah. much and so Yusuke rushes towards him, arrives just in time to see uh, Genkai, you know, Genkai being killed. And the episode starts doing, like, really kind of interesting directorial shit with it uh, there. Like, to me, like, some of them are kind of more wild choices, but a lot of them I really like. Um, they do what kind of looks like a Hitchcock pull on Yusuke, where it's like you're zooming in on, on Yusuke while pulling out from the back. I believe that's how the Hitchcock pull I works. I mean, technically, yeah. you're zooming in while dollying out. Right, which in animation, I don't know, but like, well, they kind yeah. of have I mean, you just draw effect. it to kind of look like that. Yeah, right. And it's and it's just it delivers this effect of the world collapsing around him. Um, I learned that in film school. But uh, yeah, good work in film, <laughs> film school. school. In film you class. took one film class. Excuse yes. me. Um, yeah. And then like follow that up with like shots of each character talking in complete 90 degree angles. Just like which I, I yeah, liked you mean it. Profile, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. But like at a complete 90 degree angle where it's like, oh, OK, what am I supposed to tilt my head here? But like 
I really liked it because it kind of sold this like w- what I would call a kind of like reality shattering feeling of of mm-hmm. experiencing like yeah, it's like an off kilter thing and death they're trauma. literally putting you off off kilter that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And so it's kind of just like it sells it really sells well that like Yusuke is in complete shock from seeing all of this and like just like the the like reality breaking feeling of grief and like sudden trauma it's uh i thought it was really crazy but they also did like weird stuff with Togro's face they do like some <laughs> yeah. intense like super close ups already I, and then I they feel zoom like you in. need like there's one shot in particular where I, it's it's I'm a close up of his it. face and yeah. it yeah. zooms into his mouth and then it zooms back out to his face in one shot. And it's like, there's a shot in Troll 2 that's very similar. And it's just bizarre to see. And I feel like you need to pull a clip of that and I put will, it on absolutely. social media. Because you really have to see it. Like, it's, describing his, it does not do it justice. It's just surreal. His teeth and, like, yeah, it's just so good. Like, his smiling face and his gristly everything and his teeth. Yeah, it's just, like, lots of crazy zoom-ins on Togoro. Just making him look as menacing and fucked up as possible. So yeah, like I I really enjoyed that episode. Uh, it it was a really good like uh, kind of arc moment, you know. Finally getting like the all the wild melodrama of shonen anime, but like you know it's executed quite well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I like this episode quite a bit. Um, I I will point out I don't actually have a nadir for this block. I felt like generally speaking, everything was kind of. To be honest, I thought this block was a little mediocre compared to some last ones, with the mm. exception of this end stuff. I think the end stuff is actually really well done. Yeah, yeah, um, and we kind of shared a nadir, too. Like, yeah, right. That The episode with Suzuku is really just... I mean, what it comes down to is it's just a boring capstone to this whole fucking fight. It's right. like, oh, yeah, he just gets his ass kicked, and then it's over. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, it's just kind of anticlimactic. But yeah. Uh, so after that, of course, Yusuke blames himself for Genkai's death. He does actually punch Togoro, um, although Togoro takes it in the hand and then, uh, proceeds to punch Yusuke through about 15 miles of woods. Yeah. Uh, so Yusuke is sad because Genkai is dead and Genkai was very obviously like kind of a, um, maternal figure, I suppose, or a role model, let's yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Like, obviously. Um, she gave him some direction in his life when before he was just a delinquent kid. So he blames himself for the death. Uh, he gets over it by the end of the episode, courtesy of some kind of hard words from Koenma, who is still posing as a teenager who still uses a pacifier. <laughs> yep. Um, and Yusuke has called him a raver on multiple occasions, which I think is honestly pretty damn funny. Yeah, that's great. It's <laughs> a great, great gag. Uh, and then Yusuke fires off a spirit gunshot into the air as sort of a send-off to Genkai. Meanwhile, Kurama and Kuwabara encounter Suzuka, who basically says, I hate you guys, but I hate Toguro more. So yeah. I'm going to give you two of the ingredients for the like magical items that I gave my former teammates. Uh, Kurama, here is a fruit that the juice of which will turn you into like your fox god form, basically. Um, and Kuwabara, here is a hilt of a katana, and this is what uh, Shishiwakamaro used as the banshee shriek, but you can use it for something different. Yeah, so, it channels your energy, so it won't be yeah, as creepy right, for right. you. <laughs> so I'm hoping that that means Kuwabara like, just got an upgrade, and now he's yeah. going to actually be effective in the final battle. 
because uh, he kind of hasn't been, and obviously Taguro and company are so absurdly strong that, like, without an upgrade, he'd be screwed. I mean, without an upgrade, Kurama is screwed. He- yeah, Kurama, Kurama, I also, I love the kind of strategy that, that comes into play, too. Like, Kurama immediately is, like, strategizing, like, there's no way I can beat him unless I can become Yoko Kurama again, and he's actually trying mm-hmm. to find a way to get the item box before this happens. Right, um, right, and then fortunately, Suzuka's like, here yeah <laughs> take take I, the thing you need i also like we get a little backstory on suzuka and he's not like treated like a complete piece of shit like this they come yeah, back right to, right that, he's i like cool. that they come back to him um, i like the idea of suzuka kind of being a cue to team urameshi in a way that's <laughs> that's like a fun thing for a show like this yeah it feels yeah. pretty unique <laughs> hilariously you deal with in this little bit too you deal with everyone kind of sensing uh, having sensed Togoro's power, and they're all concerned, like, oh god, like we're not strong enough for this. Uh, Hie awesomely finds the crater where, like, god, <laughs> Togoro had struck. Scene. He struck the ground and made this gigantic crater because anime. And and Hie's like, well, shit, okay. And he like punches the ground next to it as hard as he can, and then compares the size of the craters made. Yeah. And he's like, I'm still not strong enough because his crater's like half the size. <laughs> just the dumbest dick measuring contest in all of anime it's hilarious it's really funny (laughs) right so the the final bit of information is that we get to hear sakio's master plan and that's basically that he tells the other members of the black black club who are the gambler like gangsters who are running this tournament and who also gangsters yeah and who also were uh betting on team urameshi's progress back when they were trying to rescue Yukina uh, way back in that arc, the preceding arc to the Dark Tournament. So th- they meet with Sakio, and Sakio basically outlines his plan, which is that it costs a lot of money to build portals to the Demon Realm, and he wants to build a portal that's permanent and that is enormous so that even demons like with immense amounts of power it can get through. He says, uh, I've seen demons the size of uh, shopping malls. So he wants to bring that stuff to Earth. Now, what I don't understand, well, I'll get into it later, but uh, that's his plan. And he needs a ton of money to do that because it costs a ton of money to make a portal. And, and Togoro is on his side because Togoro can't get through to the demon world because he's so immensely powerful. So right. if he works with Sakyo, he can get through to the demon world. He doesn't really yeah. believe in Sakyo's plan, but at least they have a mutual goal, which yeah, I really right. like. And he wants to, like, basically his point of view is, well, Yusuke Urameshi is the last person on Earth who can genuinely challenge me. So after I kill him, oh yeah, I need some kind of challenge otherwise what's the point of having all this power so i'm gonna go to the demon realm and fight people um sakio and well toguro really just murders the hell out of the other members of the black black club including one guy who i'm gonna mention just because it's a little awkward that he's clearly a japanese gangster and there's like clearly a white guy doing a japanese voice dubbing a japanese anime of this japanese gangster (laughs) yeah yeah which is just a weird like rabbit hole of frankly a really bad decision um <laughs> but yeah togoro kills them all and sakyu is like the the whole point of this tournament the whole point of getting team Urameshi here is that team Urameshi is a genuine competitor to team togoro which means that i can make more money off the bets because a hundred yeah. trillion dollars which is the amount of money the winning team gets is not <laughs> enough to build this portal yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
it's totally ridiculous, but pretty fun. So the table is set for the final round. It's Team Taguro versus Team Urameshi, and that'll be our next block. But we're going to get to the break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we thought about this block, uh, talk about a bet, what we're going to be watching next week, and, well, then we'll say goodbye. So here's the break. show will return in a moment hey there everyone it's michael just jumping in during the break to do what i always do tell you who made the music that we use in our episodes our opening and closing music is as always vapor diving the music for the bumpers is monkeys both of these tracks are by anitek that is a-n-i-t-e-k you can find more of their music on soundcloud Rights were secured through Jumendo. Our next full episode will release October 28th, and tune in next week for a discussion of Lily C.A.T. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. This week's prompt, what does C.A.T. stand for? Give me your best guess. And now, back to Yu Yu Hakusho. All right, we are back. Peter, what did you think about the semifinal round of the Dark Tournament? Uh, I enjoyed it a decent bit. I mean, like, I'm still kind of riding the whole high of this entire show. Like, it hasn't really let me down, I would say. Um, This round did have, I mean, did let me down a little bit, I guess. But, like, I'm still just enjoying the show at a good clip you know i don't feel like dismayed or anything by it but mm-hmm. i will say yeah the the promise of this round of like oh the magical artifacts and like the, you know the whole suzuka thing was a pretty big letdown um it, it just like a, a really cool idea of just like this master strategist with a bunch of weapons that he could throw at you and they just kind of completely throw it out the window for a clown guy which i don't know i guess maybe the manga writer just really likes clown dudes considering he's so good from uh hunter x hunter yeah it's right who looks extremely a, similar yeah another lethal evil clown the other thing too about suzuka's final round that's pretty disappointing is that he literally says at one point that he has 999 forms <laughs> and 999 faces I and yet we that. see two of them like yeah, he, yeah he's he's built up as like this weird magical weapons master who can transform into anybody and then, like, Genkai just punches the fuck out of him, and he's yeah. defeated. It doesn't matter, which is a little funny, but it's mostly a letdown and yeah, you know, yeah, I'd a agree. bit awkward at the same time. Right. But the I did really enjoy, like, the whole Genkai, like, arc here and the, you know, the explanation for Baxter was pretty cool. The uh, I didn't mind the training with Yusuke all that much because it wasn't painstaking like it might be in guess what we can't go an episode without comparing this to dragon ball z we, uh, we, we've already compared it to dragon ball z in fairness yeah that's true but like the uh, 
like you know the training in that would go on for episodes and episodes whereas this one it's like a b plot or even a c plot you know going on throughout five of the episodes and it's always just cutting back to yusuke screaming which <laughs> yes, kind of sucks yusuke screaming with blood randomly spurting out of him in places <laughs> yeah it's it's intense and that's what it's happens. pretty ridiculous um but i do like how it wrapped up because i thought it was kind of cute that he saves Pooh, uh who's like delivering him like barely alive delivering yusuke water because yusuke can't even move <laughs> yeah making a cup out of his ears yeah and he's just, like so clumsy and shitty just keeps and tripping yeah, and yeah. spilling everywhere and he tries to like fly away and just runs into like a stalagmite i think yeah or i think stalactites are the ones that hang actually one of them but... clings tightly to the wall i think and the other one to the ceiling no, one's the on the one floor and the other's on the ceiling. The anyway, let's not talk mm. about something we know nothing about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if possible. Uh, yeah, we'll be getting some angry letters from, I don't yeah. know, pissed geologists? Off, pissed off geologists, yeah. Yeah, from your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, I was interrupting. Uh, continue. But, you know, I, I, like, I like the different parts of this. There's just, like, a little tinge of disappointment with how the round wrapped up and, like, how Team Yuriyotogi kind of wrapped up. Plus, like, I thought some of the fighters in Team Yuritogi were a little uninspired. Like, the, um, especially, like, the Momotaro guy is, like, one of the most boring fights because it's, like, yeah, instead of having... I don't like Kuro Momotaro either, yeah, really. Instead of having, like, a unique... I guess he does kind of have a unique gimmick because he, he becomes immune well, yeah, to damage totally. that he takes. And that's sort of interesting, but really, all he does is, like, he just keeps powering up and changing forms, and his forms get stupider and stupider. Oh, my God. Like, the design Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> ...for his, like, pheasant form is just, like, crazy hair everywhere, feathers, sort of, and it's... Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't look good at all. They, they call it a phoenix form in this dub, at least. Uh, right. And I, personally, I'm a big unfan of his beast form because <laughs> yeah. for some reason they decided make all of him super hairy but not his knuckles like his fingers oh, yeah. are very hairy but his knuckles are totally bare in a way that looks very strange yeah i don't right. like it but uh what do you think about this block um well uh, surprise surprise i was a little more negative about it uh <laughs> yep. i to be honest like I like this show fine, but I think this arc is dragging for me. Like, I'm kind of mm. eager to see it over with. Um, and I kind of talked about this basic stuff last week. I just don't really like tournament arcs that much. I'm not going to go into the whole explanation of that again, because it's kind of the same thing. It's like, all right, we've got through another round. Yeah, everyone's interesting. I do like that we're starting to introduce some, like, plot related to the tournament now. Yeah. Um, I wish that had been seeded a little earlier, but I actually think Sakio's execution of his plan is really cool. I think his plan is a little stupid, honestly. I kind of um, love it. Well, it's like, there's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a cynic, and maybe I've just watched Devilman Crybaby. But, like, his plan is, it, what he says to the other members of the Black Black Club is like, you lack vision. You think you can run the world with money. And it's like, well, yes, actually, that's kind of <laughs> how the world works. And he's like, what if we ran it through fear? What if I opened a portal to hell and then made hell on earth? How are you going to get powerful in that situation, yeah, right. Sakio? You're just a guy. Yeah. The, the first demon who comes through the portal is going to kill you, take the portal, and then humanity will be doomed 
Like, good work, idiots. You <laughs> fucked everything for no reason. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe and there's I'm, I'm, more to his backstory that, that hints at something like that. But yeah, so right, far, it does right. seem like that's kind of a foolish plan. But Yeah, and it's it's a nitpick to, to point out that that plan doesn't make much sense, to be honest. I don't think that that makes the show bad or anything like yeah. that. Um, and I think you're right that there's more to the plan than we've been told so far. Um, but it, it seems a little silly on its face. I did really like how it how it links up kind of perfectly with uh, Togoro's motivations. Where Togoro is yeah, like, right, right. I, I thought that was just like nice. I thought that worked out really well. Where it's like, yeah, he just wants to get through the demon world to fight stronger and stronger things. So mm-hmm. sure, yeah, that's a cool thing. A tunnel and works it, for him, so he'll work for this guy. Yeah, and it's also cool that like. Toguro finds out that Sakio's basically just been using him and is like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, as long as I can fight stronger people, it's all the same to me. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that the whole idea of like, yes, we'll bring in this team of strong humans so that I can bet on my own team or against my team. I'm not really sure which he's trying to do, but basically, just like, inflating. we'll bring in potential uh, a potential upset team yeah. to make it more dramatic and more exciting so that people bet so that I can make more money. Like that's, that's a fun motivation and it feels appropriate for Sakio as like a gambler. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the backstory of Genkai and Togoro. I think that there's a really nice, uh, like kind of mirroring between them. Togoro, this character who was basically afraid of aging out of the thing that he was good at and Genkai who could accept that she would eventually do that yeah. and then pass on her teaching. Um, and, and I think that the idea of Togoro as like a guy who sells his soul because he wants to stay young forever. Like it's a nice twist on that old trope. I, yeah. I think that's a really fun bit of backstory. Now this is another nitpick. I kind of want to know why Togoro's older brother is also a demon. <laughs> That's a good point. If he sold like, his soul, if, if if he sold his soul and like told, asked the tournament committee to turn him into a demon as his prize for winning, where does that leave his brother? Like, how does brother? You see, th- what I also <laughs> turned my older brother into uh, a shape shifting little goblin <laughs> yeah, who I can see, turn into I'm... a flesh sword. <laughs> yeah, what, what I really want to see the scene where young Togro convinces his older brother to become a demon with him. Yeah, like. I don't know. I just imagine like, have you seen Transformers? It's like, <laughs> no, it's 1940. Technically, the show came out in the 90s. It was 50 years before the events of the show. So if you see Transformers that, Armada, I want you to be my minicon. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's what he is. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I just I want to see that scene of Togoro trying to convince his brother like, no, dude, come on, <laughs> become a demon so you can be my sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I really want out of you. Just be my weapon, please. Um, And again, like the timeline of it, that would have taken place in about 1940, which is a little funny all on its own. He's <laughs> just thinking of that. Yeah. Um, I am not a big fan of Yusuke's training slash test or whatever, to be honest. Uh, I think, I mean, to be honest, it's one of the situations in this show where it just cut back to Yusuke screaming in a cave too much for me. And there's something about the music that's playing during it that's extremely, (laughs) like, overdramatic for a situation that is so unreal that I can't really relate to it or care about it that much. Like... I don't know. It's like it's like playing extremely dramatic music over an experiment. Like, 
like in a way it's like playing extremely dramatic music over like a kid doing the marshmallow test where it's like <laughs> if you wait for the marshmallow then you get two yeah, but you can eat yeah. it now like it's that sort of thing i don't know and it, that's very reductive but it's just a little too weird for me to really get behind and i feel like the show plays it out for too long and mm. dramatizes it a little more than i cared for as I said, I do actually like the resolution of it, though. I like him saving Pooh. Um, and there's some good stuff in there. But for the most part, I just was like, you know, there came a point where I was like, oh, great. Another shot of Yusuke exploding blood out of his knees and screaming and punching walls. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> like, he's he's in intense pain. It's, That's training. It's fine. <laughs> right. And it's like, it's not even training also. That's the right. other thing. It never changes. It's just the same thing for a long time. Which, again, is kind of reminiscent of some of the worst stuff in DBZ, where it's just like, yeah, it's just Goku blasting himself with Kamehameha's or whatever. Yeah. And then he's screaming in pain, and then he, like, drinks a beer or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that kind of happened in the yeah, Frieza the arc. <laughs> when he's in the spaceship, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so... I'm not a big fan of that. However, I do really like Yusuke's reaction to Genkai's death. Yeah. I think they handle it really well, and in stark contrast to the training thing, it is a real thing that happens to people. Like, yeah. you lose friends and mentors, especially mentors, really, because they're older than you. And, like, it's a relatable emotion that I think the show handles pretty subtly, and it doesn't feel melodramatic, even though it easily could. Like, yeah, right. Yusuke's guilt over this makes sense. But they don't go too far with it. Like, I don't know. I, th I, I think they handled that. that really well. And I actually really liked the the resolution to that storyline. Like, yeah, it feels appropriately sad that Kenkai is dead, but it's not wallowing in it in the same way that I felt like it was kind of wallowing in Yusuke being in pain because of the yeah. spirit orb thing. Yeah, right. I can agree with that. Yeah. So overall, like. I don't know. I'm starting to get a little burnt out on this arc, but I am excited for the final showdown because it proves to be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so, sure if, you know. if anything, <laughs> anything is shown, like, including like the even the other t Togoro team members, I'm very excited to see how they have to deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, how do you deal with a guy who's so animated that he literally moves too fast for you to see and, and you explode when he touches you? Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. They have to fight anime itself. <laughs> that's my alternate reality fanfic i think and taupa um, from ronin warriors who that guy is right, absolutely right. like <laughs> a little bit i don't know he doesn't look that much like talpa but there's something about thinking of him as talpa that's so satisfying yeah, that's that that's i can't true. dispel the image <laughs> so like he just needs to say he did he needs to say ronin warriors a little Warrior. bit <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Ronan Warriors. God I was trying Yushike Urameshi. Like, yeah, yeah. we just need a little bit of that shit. SH. Um, so, speaking of the sure to be crazy final round, uh, well, we'll talk about our bet. Uh, I won this bet. There were only two deaths, and I had the low bet. So, you know, that's that. Um, which means we're one to one going into the final round. Yeah. Uh, you know, the winner of this is going to pick the next show. And I think what we're going to do this time is uh, how many episodes it takes from the beginning of young Togoro's fight with Yusuke, I suppose, yeah. specifically, 
um, how long it's going to take before he has to use 100% full power. Yeah, how because, many episodes? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> because it's obviously going to happen. And it is funny that he keeps declaring how much of his power he's using by percentage, which is, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just funny. It's just a funny anime thing. Yeah. So oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll make the bet first because I've been making you go first a lot lately okay. and it kind of puts me at an advantage. Um, I'm going to say it'll be like two episodes. So if in the middle of the second episode at some point uh, he powers up to 100 percent. I'd say that's how we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, that counts for you. Right. Um, what do you think? I will say less than one episode. Damn, you think in the first ep- in the first I think fight, in the first episode they start fighting. By the end All of the right. episode, that first episode, he's going to do it. So I guess one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a good bet. All right. Yeah. I'm a- I can't wait to see how utterly ridiculous Toguro will look when he <laughs> yeah. is fully powered up, considering how stupid he looks at 80% A power. true meat Gundam, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah he'll just be akihiro basically yeah 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 from uh iron-blooded orphans just a oh, ripped man almost trying to like <laughs> yeah well really like the the story behind that is we watched iron-blooded orphans when it was airing and we watched season two specifically when it was coming out yeah um, yeah and there's a scene early on in season two where Akihiro, one of the main characters, is just lifting weights and like other characters are watching him. <laughs> so and ripped. you just exclaimed, he's turning into a Gundam <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he's getting so ripped. He's like so ripped. And he just looks like he's getting so built that he just could be a Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, that's just one of my favorite interactions that we've had while watching a TV show. Yeah, it's just yeah. so ridiculous a statement, <laughs> but it's so true also. So yeah, will will Toguro turn into a full-on Gundam uh, in his first fight with Yusuke or in the second episode? <laughs> yeah, we know I it's going to we'll happen. Find out. We've seen those shoulder pads. <laughs> We've seen his fleshy sword too that he turns his yeah, brother right. into. All he needs is like a fle- he needs like a flesh V fin, and then he's yeah. full Gundam. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, he's going to get like a muscly, sinewy V fin on his forehead. his sunglasses will turn into the v fin dude oh my god i would i would cry if that's a good i would literally cry yeah (laughs) okay uh next week we're gonna do a mini-sode we're gonna do kind of a halloweeny mini-sode it's a horror anime movie called lily cat that's lily c-a-t it's a 1987 movie it is a pretty blatant ripoff of Alien. Yeah. And uh, there's a scene where a cat gets sucked through a ventilation shaft in a sequence of gore that makes you go, why, though? <laughs> why would someone put this to film? Now, like, I will say... Did we need this? It's also... It's also... Um devastatingly dubbed from what I understand. oh yes the dub is horrendous i've I, we've both watched it but we haven't watched I've, it together and i've watched i'm excited to talk about i've watched it. like a segment of it and i skipped around it i've not seen the whole movie so oh, i'm excited okay to well watch you're it. in for something because the movie is not very i did not like it very much <laughs> awesome <laughs> but that, if it's bad 80s anime though with like bad voice acting you know i'm on board <laughs> Yeah, right, right. I'm we there. really got to knock through some of the old classics like uh, Night Hunter Goku or whatever the fuck that <laughs> yeah. show's called. Goku Midnight Eye uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I wish I remembered the title, but also there's part of me that's like, do I really care? That movie's not very good either. <laughs> like, who cares? We'll watch it eventually and then I'll yeah. get the name right. Uh, anyway, so that's what we'll be doing next week. That'll be Lily Cats. After that, of course, will be the final round of the Dark Tournament. But until then, I'm Michael Doak. 
And I'm Peter Eby. And please revisit us next week for Lily Cat. Sorry, Lily C-A-T. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't get it messed up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're staying safe and as comfortable as can be out there. This podcast is in support of Black Lives Matter. If you check the relevant post on our website, uh, which is titled Black Lives Matter, there are links to charities and lists of charities you should consider donating to if you have the means. Uh, Obviously, none of these donations go to us in any way. We're just trying to spread the word with whatever platform we can, Uh, even if our platform is very small. Uh, I would also encourage you to vote in the upcoming election if you happen to be an American citizen. Or live in America in general, I suppose. Anyway, if you want more of our content, follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Subscribing on Apple Podcasts or your podcatching app of choice is also a surefire way to stay up to date. And while you're there, consider leaving us a review. It helps us find new listeners and just generally feels pretty cool to get uh, reviews, positive or not so positive. Super negative ones aren't great, but hey, if you feel that way, I guess speak your truth. Anyway, we'll see you next week for Lily C.A.T.